This should be fun! Family, don't end with blood. I regret this already. Hello! Not an idiot! See ya! Lilu Dallas Multipass. Give him the bits! The bits! The bits! The things I do for love! I will never, ever turn my back on people who need me! Cartoon cartoons! What's going on out here? Everything cool? Keep away, keep away from Lobster Boy! Wow! I have telekin... Telekinin... Tel... Telekinesis! What? That hadn't even occurred to me. A communication device on a spaceship? In this episode, there's actually not a lot of things to talk about. But there is a brief teeth thing. So just keep an eye out for that. Have fun. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome back. Why should I watch that? Why should I watch that? Why did it feel like my voice sounded really weird? It didn't. It sounded... Well, now it did. You made it do that. Okay, I'm back to normal. Okay. Hi. Who are you? Myra. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No. A show. Welcome back to Why Should I Watch That? A show where we watch some stuff and then tell you about it and whether or not it was worth the watch and also if it was good or not. And we do that for you. Our dear listeners, definitely not for us. Definitely not to force our friends to watch some cool stuff that we found that they didn't believe you on when they first saw it. Mm. Who are we? Myra. Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. What? Stuffy. <laughs> scruffy. I... The giant editor. Oh, Scruffy. <laughs> no, I'm Scruffy. I'm Jay, and I'm congested today. I'm sorry about my voice. It's not going to get better. There's no fixing it. Sorry. It's also not COVID. I promise. Uh, what are we watching this week? Kid, Kid Cosmic. Cosmic. And the local heroes. And the local heroes. Wait, I thought they... No. Didn't they... Oh, no, that is the new name. They get there. Yeah. I I was thinking, wasn't it, like, super sidekicks? It was. And I was like, wait a minute, that was wrong. (laughs) But, yeah. Kid Cosmic. Which... I wish my nose wasn't stuffy, because I totally would have said my name was Kid Cosmic at the beginning. It should be. It would be. It would be cool. Anyway. uh, I'm Joe. Go ahead. I'm stuck, Chuck. I'm Kid Cosmic! Sorry. What was with the hiss? It was a laugh, but okay. No, no, no. It was a... See? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry I came pre-programmed with sarcasm and sass, but... It's not something we're complaining about. It's just for the proof. (laughs) Every time you do it now, I'm just going to be like, see? More proof. <laughs> I can't remember, so I'll point it out. This is why you're a Slytherin. Is that why she's a Slytherin? Oh, no, I thought other it, reasons, I mean, but I've... I'm not going to go there. Your intelligence helps. Yeah. Because I don't know why, but everybody just thinks that Ravenclaws are smart. They're assholes. No, I know. I'm an asshole. I can be an asshole. I'm a bitch sometimes. I'm fun. Do it. <laughs> Oh, oh, I, yep, so yeah, that's off topic, we won't talk about that's that. That's an off topic question, you have been stopped. Um, first impressions. Oh my god, first impressions, okay, I'm gonna go first, because I love the show. Uh, I was scrolling around on Netflix a while ago, and I was debating whether or not to continue rewatching Code Lyoko, and, or just do something else, and I went, fuck it, I'll watch one more episode of Code Lyoko, and then I'll do something else. And 
the, the foreheads were getting to me. I'm sorry. God, I forgot so about the, the foreheads, foreheads are bad. And I was like, what else is on the trending page? Because I kind of want to do something new, but like, I don't know what. And before I started the episode of Cold Lyoko, I saw the preview for Kid Cosmic, and I was like, wow, it looks kind of cute. I don't know if I like it, though, because the, the preview that Netflix showed was like, just Joe and the diner showing off the pictures, and then Kid came up and was like, hi, I have rocks. And I was like, okay, cool rocks. Why do I care about your rocks and your wanderlust? I'm out. So I went and watched my one episode of Cold Lyoko, and I was super bored, so I was like, fine, whatever. Uh, What's-her-name is already out of the digital world, and there was basically no threat aside from the weird coma, so whatever. Uh, I was like, fine, we're leaving. So I'm like, fine, I'll watch Kid Cosmic, show me what you got. And I proceeded to binge the entire fucking series. Shit was trending on Netflix, and it deserved to. I don't know if it is right now when you're watching this, but uh, just know that it should be. So treat it as if it is. <laughs> uh, going into the show, it had the same vibe as, like, old Peanuts cartoons did. Um, not necessarily the same animation style. Uh, Craig McCracken flat out said that he styled it more off of Calvin and Hobbes. But for me, it reminded me a lot of Peanuts, just in a like, different style, but same kind of movements. Uh, either way, the show felt nostalgic, even though I had never seen it before. And it was such a treat. Everything about that show from start to finish had me entertained and hooked, and I I am so glad I never went back. Then I went and showed these two uh, the preview, and they went through the same the same thing of, like, uh, that does not look interesting, but okay. here we are. And I'm le- now leaving the floor open to the two that were wrong. Uh, so I... I... See, the laugh is fun, isn't the it? The laugh is very fun. <laughs> I had a little bit of a harder time getting into it. I It was a little bit of a slow start for me. Um, okay. No, no, no. Because no. I was like, okay, kid finds rocks. Cool. I hope it's not... I hope, like, him running around the desert isn't the entire show. No, because sometimes... Five episodes later. Still in desert. Still in desert, but, like, <laughs> things are happening in the desert. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was funny that you technically weren't wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Um, but I really do enjoy the animation style. It, like Jay said, it feels very nostalgic, very old school, um, old school Saturday morning cartoon esque. Um, and I was like, oh, it's just like a cute, fun kid. It's a cute, fun kids show, and then it slaps you in the face with emotions. Like any good t- kids TV show, so um, yeah, that's that's my first impressions. Burrito, burrito. You, you look like you're a rocker right now. You're literally wrapped up in like a giant blanket, and there you go. Goes around the world just la 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 la. <laughs> We're here. Oh shit! I sound so weird doing this though. Byra, what were your first impressions? Right, my first impressions. Um, so, I saw the preview mm-hmm. that you you so generously showed us. Supplied. <laughs> Supplied. Um, and I was like, okay. It looks okay. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's, um, I'm aware that the previews did this show dirty. Don't start with me. Oh, no. Yeah, the previews did this show so dirty. Um, so, I was like, okay. I guess I'm... I'll watch it because this is what we do for everybody. 
Um, and ourselves too, because honestly, it's fun to find new things that we hadn't seen before. Have I insisted what on a show yet? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. What should have gone through your head is, okay, Jay watched Bridgerton for me. I guess I'll do this. That too. <laughs> okay, done. Yeah. And you watch Photograph. And I did watch Photograph. Yeah. I also watched Photograph. I, we all forcefully watch Photographs. I don't know what you're talking about. Ah, hold on. That was disgusting. <laughs> Go ahead, Byron. I'm trying to think of what I was saying. Uh, Bridgerton. Yeah, so you, I forced you to watch Bridgerton, so it's only fair that I was going to try this show. And <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, compared to your experience of Bridgerton... This was a lot better. Did I do good? I mean, obviously, I had my plus for Bridgerton, but this was a very much a fun, nostalgic show, even though it's new to me. It had I mean, this... It's, yeah, it's a new show. It's Well, yeah, it's a new show, but it has this nostalgic feeling, like, like if you're watching Steven Universe all over again, but with a different sensation, like a different vibe. Agreed. I really enjoyed it. I... It, it was really fun for them to discover everything. Excuse me. Um, it was fun to see them discover the powers and how they work. And um, mm-hmm. just uh, them learning to work together and being a teamwork. And it's, it has this emotional grip on you that you're like, oh, fuck. The, it's not what you expect in a kids show to give you that much in one season because i mean you get a lot in a season but to get as much as we got i under i like i understand why we got that much and we'll go that into that into the tidbits but that was fun that was a fun ride like once i started watching it i literally benched the whole thing and then I rebenched it today just because I just wanted to rewatch it. So, yeah. Also, something that I completely forgot about. I loved on the first watch through the fact that the entire team is just a bunch of people who are basically the fun background characters that wouldn't have gotten the development that they got in this fucking show as the stars. That's oh yeah, tri- yeah. Like the the witty grandpa, the over the hyperactive kid, the um, snarky the the snarky the teenager. big snarky teenager that really is just kind of wholesome, uh, and then the toddler who just is chaos. Those are the people that you would expect to see in the background of these kinds of shows, and instead, also the cat, the cat. The cat. No spoilers about the cat yet. <laughs> Chef's kiss. I would die for that cat. Anyway. Um, uh, it, it was really, really cool to get to see a bunch of characters that we normally would see pushed to the you sidelines bitch. as the stars. Yes. I'm sorry, you were reading it, weren't you? Were you not? Yeah, I was gonna chair it, but okay. Well, then uh, we are gonna go into the episode summary. Okay, so here are the episodes that we have in order. Uh, episode one: Kid Cosmic and the Rings of Power. Uh, episode 1, Kid Cosmic and the Rings of Power. After Kid discovers five powerful cosmic stones, he turns to teen waitress Joe for help in figuring them out and keeping them out of the wrong hands. 
Episode 2. Kid Cosmic y la Niña Gigantica. Gigantica. I'm sorry. I can't breathe out of my nose. It's not going to sound right. Gigantica. I can't make that sound. I can't make that sound. Stars uh, can't do it. Not ni- today. Niña Gigantica. Better. He- I can't make that sound right now. Oh. <laughs> that, that's fair. That's all I got. He's not doing it to me. I, I know. I, I know how to say it. I can't. Um, go ahead. Say it. La Niña Gigantica. Thank you. When four-year-old Rosa transforms into a 40-foot giant after fighting one of the rings, it's up to Kid and Joe to keep the destructive tot out of trouble. Episode 3. Kid Cosmic and the Precognitive Cat. Sensing danger, newly superpowered cat Tuna Sandwich sets off on a quest to save Kid, whose attempt to lead a team mission goes all kinds of wrong. Episode 4, Kid Cosmic and the Local Heroes. As Kid and the self-proclaimed local heroes confront a wave of alien invaders, everyone starts to get the hang of their powers. Well, almost everyone. Kid Cosmic and the Big Win. Kid and the local heroes try to protect their family, friends, and favorite place to eat when a pack of demonic alien dogs invades the diner. Episode 6, Kid Cosmic and the Epic Fail. Pushed to the edge by Chuck's nonstop taunts, Kid decides to steal the other four rings and go it alone in a desert showdown with Chuck's great leader. Episode 7, Kid Cosmic and the Invaders from Earth. When the mysterious man in black and his army take over the town, Tuna Sandwich partners with a former foe in order to bring the team back together. Episode 8, Earth Force and Force But Force. When an elite new squad of government-sponsored superheroes face down an alien threat, Kid begins to wonder if he's misjudged the entire situation. Episode 9. Kid Cosmic and the Bad Good Guys Kid may be down, but he's definitely not out. With a wild plan in place, he and the local heroes set uh, suit up and race into danger to stop the alien battle. Episode 10. Kid Cosmic and the Day is Saved Things aren't looking good for the team, but that won't stop Kid from trying to save the day as he finally learns what being a real hero is all about. Also, I did not realize how all over the place the episode uh, um, times were. Those are... They range from... um, 20 minutes. 18 minutes to 25 minutes. That's, That's weird. Those are the episode summaries. Back to you, Sam. Cool. Thanks. So, Kid Cosmic is a um, genre superhero slash comic science fiction. Oh, hold on. Let's adjust the mic. Created by Craig McCracken. Craig. Craig. I'm sorry, we're doing this a lot later than normal. We usually do. My fault. I mean, we we all trauma dumped a little bit today, so it happens. Um, developed by Craig Mc, McCracken, Francesco, Ar- Fra- Francesco, Francesco, Francisco, Francisco, Agon Agones, Agones, Agones. And Lauren Faust, written by Craig McCracken, Francesco Ogones, Kevin Sesca. That's not a Spanish one. Kevin Sica. 
Cecia. Kevin Cecia. Amy Higgins. Rob Renzetti. Ben Joseph. Two first names. <laughs> um, Tim McCohen. Cohen? Keon? Keon? McKeon? McKeon? Tim McKeon. And Todd Casey. Directed by Craig McCracken. Rob Renzetti. Benjamin Ballistry? 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 Benjamin Ballistry. Dave Thomas. Voices. Jack Fisher. Amanda C. Miller. Lily Rose Silver. Tom Kenny. Fred. Tata's. 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 Where? Tatascore. Fred Tatascore. Okay. Yeah. Fred Tatascore and Keith Ferguson. Composer Andy Bean. What a good name. Uh, country of origin, the United States. Um, original language is English. Number of seasons, one. Number of episodes, ten. Um,. Each episode ranges from about 18 minutes to 25 minutes. So, you know, it's an amount of time to consume. Um. <laughs> yep. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. That was just quicker than normal. You, you gave up so much faster. Yeah. <laughs> Usually you're trying to do math and figure stuff out and we're like, Okay. I know it's it's 11 p.m. So like here we are. Oh yeah. Uh, executive producers, I'll, I'll give you ten guesses who. Craig McCracken. Uh, and Rob, Renzetti, and Melissa Cobb. Producer Dave Thomas. Animator, Mer- Mercury Filmworks. Um, editors, Nico. Col. Colalio, Colalio, and Jade Wade Edwards. Um, it is a Netflix animation, but they also partnered with ACMCC Productions. Um, it was released on February second, twenty twenty one. Have they confirmed season two, or is everyone just like, give me a season They've two? They've confirmed season two. Yeah. Literally, okay. the end of season one says, look out for season two, two, it's coming soon. Yeah. Okay. So, I didn't know if that was just like wishful thinking. No, they confirmed it. Okay, cool. Uh, because, in my opinion, we'll get into it, but in my opinion, they definitely, I want to see where this funky little group of weirdos, weirdos is going. Um... Yeah, that's the general info. Uh, do we? Oh, budget. Didn't have a budget in the general. Yeah. Um, so that is not general information available at this available current time. At this current time. But yeah, that's that's the general info. 
Myra, back to you in the studio. I don't know why I'm doing sound effects. I'm having a weird night. Um, well, yeah, that just happens after you trauma dump. <laughs> yep. Um, tidbits. Yes, yes, yes. It was... So it was highly inspired by... I knew this already because we talked about it. Dennis the Menace and the Adventures of Tin... Tintin. Tintin? Yeah. It actually makes sense for Dennis the Menace because... Oh, for sure. The kid is seriously Dennis. Yeah, Dennis is just a kid with ADD whose parents don't know how to helpfully... His uh, parents don't know what to do. Yeah, they don't know how to constructively help a child who is... Neurodivergent. And, um, another little tidbit more in the show, um, Were you seriously nope. refreshing the wiki page? He said refresh the Done. page. Fixed it. Um, so, yeah. Um, what was I? Oh, tidbits. So, yeah, it was inspired by Dennis the Menace and the Adventures of Tintin. Uh, ooh. <laughs> These little burps. <laughs> that one was a ride. <laughs> it was a ride for me, too. Um... Another fun little tidbit is if you pay attention to the show, um, the characters are color coded based on what powers they get. So Rosa's blue, um, Joe is purple, uh, Papa G yellow. Mm-hmm. I think the only one that's not really color coded is tuna tuna sandwich because he's gray. He's just a cat. He's just a cat. So, but I mean... Until he gets his superhero costume. Yeah, until he gets his superhero costume and then he's uh, color-coded to be red. And, of course, you have the kid, which I don't think we established that he has an actual frickin' name. Uh, I, I have the Wikipedia right here in the w- sidebar. What's his name? Tuna um, Sandwich, the kid? No, no, no. As no, his kid. name is Kid. His name Straight is Kid. Up we went kid. over this. Okay. Myra was convinced that he had, like, a name name as opposed to kid. Um, I wanted him to have a real name, but okay. We, he honestly might. We just haven't unlocked that level of friendship yet. <gasps> I'm sorry. My tragic backstory is unlocked at friendship level yeah. four. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair. 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 So, the kid. Or kid, kid. Or, yeah. It's just kid. He has green sleeves, but he also has... Yes, he has green sleeves. Don't get me started. They're yellow. They're green. They are green. I have your history right here in the sidebar. What? They're yellow. They are yellow, but I will give you this in some of the shading. They are a very light lime green, but they are yellow. They're right there. I don't want to be this bitch, but they're right there. They're right here. It's yellow. You can squint at it all you want, but it's yellow. See, you have a green right here. You know, but but I don't. I want to. I will not accept this. Um, <laughs> art. It's the promotional poster. The reason I'm not gonna accept it is I'm taking it from the show. It's a clip from the show. They show that image of the. Google no, it. Th- the it's reason I'm late. doing that is because he has green sleeves. 
but he has every other color involved in his costume or in his everyday thing and that picture does not show his blue shoes or his purple uh soles she's right it is a light green it's green it is a very light green it's green very light lime green stop trying to make it yellow i didn't i'm just still greenish because the only time he has a yellowish shirt is that one instance go ahead but he has green sleeves going back of course he's the only one that also has all the other colors within his outfit his everyday outfit he has red he has yellow he has purple and he has blue and of course white she's not letting it go is she (laughs) Damn. You're opening the same picture again. No. It's, it's different because I scrolled down more. Again, they were all color coded. Yes. Um, you also have that preview in the first episode that's going to sort of give you the setup for the tragic backstory for Kid. Um, they give you a glimpse of a newspaper that's hidden behind more newspaper. Um. And I think they also give you that glimpse of the foreshadowing of, um, what's his face? Papaji. No. Stuck Chuck. Uh. Becoming a good guy. Um, just because you have these, uh, couple instances where he's like, I could maybe, I don't know, I'm bored, I might help you, but I'm... Keep going. Stop. I'm just laughing because that's a relatable mood. And, um, so yeah, I think it's very, that was very well played within the show. Obviously, you have different. Before you go into that, they also did foreshadowing with the stones themselves because you remember the episode where they're doing the, where he's looking for the scroll? Yeah. If you pause and read the scroll, it literally tells you that they were, that they were from planets destroyed by the dude. Oh my God. The, the, they're so, they, they literally just went, Hey, the information's there. You just didn't read it. Yep. So yeah, the scroll, the scroll's another one. The, um, what was it? The hat. The, oh, Papa G's hat is a um, reference to Wonder... Was it Wonder? Wander Over Yonder. Wander Over Yonder. Um, it's another Craig McCracken work that got canceled by Disney for no good goddamn reason. Yep. And um, then you also have the the images, like the pictures that you see in Flo... Or is it Flo? What's the mom's Mo? Mo. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Don't look at me. I don't know. The diner. The, di- the mom. You have images of everybody diner. like nothing ever changes. You know, and the mom obviously is trying to bring everything back. And the foreshadowing also of the fact of the plates, the very fancy plates that she gets because she's very much, um, oh, these were like the ones that my mom had and it breaks. So it's foreshadowing that it's going to come back somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, flow, flow. Also, obviously, you get different 
instances when you have those random flashes of telling the future, but it's how he connects everything, how Kid connects everything. Obviously, you have different flashes, like the episode where you have um, Moe's Diner as the primary focus. Mm -hmm. You have pictures and backstories without really telling you backstories of Joe and Papa G, because Papa G's been there for a long time. We're going to get into that shit. Oh, I'm so excited. And it's also so, um, the way that it, uh, when Kid goes around showing the rocks to everybody, it sort of foreshadows that the man in black is going to be a bad guy somehow. When he shows him, he goes, these rocks are amazing. And he takes special interest when it's just a random kid. I don't know if he, he kind of just goes, oh. Exactly. When he has a stone face and all of a sudden he goes, oh? Like... That's fair. If if it was no big deal, you wouldn't... He wouldn't go, oh. He would be like, oh, it's just a fucking kid. Just ignore him. But no, he goes, oh? Rocks? Let me drink my coffee. Oh, lesbian space rocks? Rock show, sorry. Yep. <laughs> uh-huh. What? So, um... That's another foreshadowing. It's a very deep and long foreshadow. Yeah. Um, also, the fact that stuck Chuck gets stuck in the freaking um, what's it called? Trailer. Trailer. By being cut in half, but he's still technically put together until like the next episode when he's actually cut Why in half. Yeah. Um, is it's like the universe just said, "I'm sorry, dude. You can't have legs." Yeah. So, and then also, well, I have I'm, one if you're trying to think of one. I knew one, and I can't think of it. Go for it. Uh, Rosa is actually based on Craig McCracken's daughter. Oh, I did not know that. Uh huh. That's so sweet. Yeah, he That's based sweet. a lot of her uh, uh, personality and behavior on her, his daughter because he's a similar age. She's a similar age. Oh, that's cute. Oh, I know the other one. The freaking Earth Force or Earth Protection Force or whatever the fuck they're called. Earth Force Protection Force. Yes. They are like your normal, basic Power Rangers or Transformer team or uh, G.I. Joe's. Power Ranger. Uh, Power Ranger. Ranger. That's Voltron. Voltron. Uh, So, obviously, you have that representation of what a typical superhero, air quotes here, uh, would Bas- look like. Basically, Craig McCracken, but I could have given you this. Would you prefer this? No. No. <laughs> the answer is no. Um, and then the aliens that come in, before you actually start noticing what their powers are, just their physicality, you can tell what their powers are. Because obviously the telekinesis, the big brain, the giant person, you have the little fuzzy ball. Mm-hmm. Um, the octopus. Uh, anybody heard of D and D and the? Um, uh, yeah. Go, it's not the god. What's his? What's the fucking name? Um, I don't know it. It's not Cthulhu. What's the thing? The tentacle things that suck your brain. Oh, Chuck. Well, Chuck looks the like uh, a mind flare. That's what I meant. There you go. Chuck looks like a mind, mind flare. flare. 
Um, um but there, uh, there's it. I can't think of the octopus thing. It, it, I don't know. The see, there's a head. reason that you can tell it's por- teleportation, and I can't. I know what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the Adventure Zone, the jellyfish, the void fish. <laughs> you're thinking the of the void, void fish. fish. See, you're not wrong. I was, I was gonna say the the little fluffy guy reminds me of the the things from Star Trek, the little tribble, tribbles. Is that what they're called? Dude, I only watch enough Star Trek to know what the fuck is Star Trek. I yeah. Hold on. Um, also, um, if you watch that episode and pay close attention to what they're saying, almost all of the uh, species that land to get the stones only say stone. Yeah. A couple of them start to say say stones, but once they realize what's going on with all the other aliens, they switch back to just stone. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of them were like, I'm going to get mine back, but then also if I have the others, what's the difference? But at, by the end of the by the end of that episode, they're all saying, say, give me the, the stone, stone of power. You have the guy who multiplies. And of course the freaking robot would be the one to tell the future. Because robots can predict all... Can predict the moves. Um... Oh, in another... Well, no, that could be more in theories. So, that I'll skip. Um, Anything else? I have one more if you can't think of it. Go. Uh, I don't think you've mentioned this one, but if you have, stop me. Uh, Craig McCracken has been planning this series since, like, the early 2000s. (gasps) And he's actually been trying to pitch this series since. And uh, after all of these years and all of the various things he's worked on, which, side note, has anyone listed the things he's worked on? No. Can we scroll up real quick? Go to Craig McCracken specifically. Uh, oh, I remember the one I forgot. Okay. Let me finish this Wait. one and we will go straight back to you and then I think... Then then, I'll shut up. Uh, down. Down, down, down. Don't look at his face. His face is not pleasant, but his brain is what matters. Down, 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 down. Okay. So, aside from uh, all that, he has been working in the animation industry since the early 90s. He's been trying to pitch this show for actual he decades. He seriously did Two Stupid Dogs? Yeah. Uh, he's worked on Two Stupid Dogs, What a Cartoon, Space Ghost Coast to Coast, Dumb and Dumber, the cartoon, I guess, uh, Dexter's Laboratory, The Powerpuff Girls, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. He's the creator of Powerpuff Girls and Ho- Foster's, which is important to note. The others, he's mostly a director or uh, has a hand in. Uh, he produced the pilot for Uncle Grandpa, and I am counting that as the one fuck up in his career. Um, Everyone has one. Yep. But he's only credited for the pilot, so he, he, he saw the burning ship and got off of it. Uh, he storyboarded for Chowder. Uh, he was the executive producer for regular show's pilot episode. Uh, he created Wander Over Yonder and, of course, Kid Cosmic. Uh, he has worked on the majority of our childhoods, which explains why this series was so... Uh, Nostalgic. Yeah. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, he's been pitching that show for <sighs> years, and no one has picked it up. No. It reminds me of Foster's Imaginary Friends. Yeah, it really ah. does. The way that he outlines his characters, I think, is very, uh, very Distinct. specific. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a calling card, and I think it, that's really interesting. Also, the way he uses textures. Yes. Which is only, it's, this actually, I'm sorry, I'm almost, sh- I'll, I'll shut up. The tech, the way he uses the textures of the show actually reminds me of Chowder. Because, yeah. uh, you know how they were always really weird about textures? It's not as weird, but it's just as distinct. Like, yes. the people are very monotone, and the world is very chromatic. Um, anyway, I'm done. Go ahead. 
Uh, the last thing I, I almost forgot to mention is this is technically a prequel mm. to the actual adventures of Kid Cosmic and the local superheroes. So I think it's I think that's a fun thing to know because it, it really felt like it is a prequel uh-huh. because you get so much information, so much understanding, and you get that sad backstory. Yeah. That tragic backstory. That's so cool. This is sad. 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 Very sad. So sad. So with that being said, I Uh, open the floor to discussions. Well, I'm just going to drop some things first, if you don't mind. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, when I open the floor to discussion, I mean for your themes. We're starting with themes. We always start with your themes and then go from there and go into a pothole, into a rabbit hole of never-ending craziness. Correct. Uh Um... So give us our one breath of sanity before the dive. So there's actually a lot of good themes of, like, identity (laughs) and self-discovery and um, individual self-found value. Um, And a lot of it comes from Kid himself. Um, And, of course, you know, a found family trope, which we love. Um... Yeah, and you know, power and what you can do with it. Um, yeah, that's those are the major themes: power and how you how you use it. You know, how great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> I would like to also add self-serving destiny. Uh, you can only become what you see yourself becoming. Oh yes. Uh, because I, I think that that kind of fits for actually most of the crew. Oh, yeah. Uh, but specifically, I saw it in Kid, because this the very way he uses his powers is integrally incorrect for all intents and purposes. Yes. It's, um, yes. It's, uh, it's, the only reason it is that is because, literally, flying is the only thing he saw his powers capable of. And because that is what he determined his destiny to be, it narrowed his ability to do what he was doing infinitely yeah i think that was really a really interesting uh way to kind of come about it also quick side note how often do we see it when found family also incorporates other people's families because families being found family together is such a vibe yes i i'm really glad that a lot of media is moving away from the whole you find a family because your own family is toxic which is it's a, valid it's a valid story to tell it's you know a shared experience that a lot of our generation has i feel mm-hmm. especially the subsect that two-thirds of us are super in yeah um but i think it's important to note that found family can also you know include your include, actual family include your actual family which is refreshing to see uh-huh yeah now i i i agree with you i i i found it interesting because it it definitely put it in that light of it's found family uh at the beginning and then it really turned into it's not just us who are family it's everybody who's on this diner because it's not just it's not just adding um joe's mom it's adding rose's parents the cook 
the the server the um and the the regulars Mm -hmm. at the diner all sort of become one with this shared experience and i think it's it's important to note that um like along with the chosen family you actually have to decide to be a family because there's quite a few hiccups especially in the early um early episodes of kid being like no fuck you i don't i don't want you to be part of my family especially with like rosa um he's so mean to the little girl he's so mean to rosa for no good goddamn and rosa's literally just like catch these hands bitch try me (laughs) she's like i just want to be friends let's play together because she's literally four all she wants to do is play with him that's it and well and kids at that age where he's he's like what 10 ish in the show he's nine he's He's nine. nine Where he's like, I'm a big kid. I I know what I'm doing. Not just that. I'm a big kid. I don't need to play with little kids. Yeah. So he's at that age of developing all my responsibility. Developing a superiority complex to younger children. And that's a natural thing for children of that age to develop. Um, But it takes him a minute to adjust to Rosa being part of the group actually accepting joe's wisdom as a teenager uh, oh my god when he calls Papa her G. yeah when he calls her uh the, the leader at the end of the fucking series i was like what growth oh my god yeah he let go of the reins officially officially yeah because she was all like oh uh, let's do this and kid would be like oh yes let's do this let's do the complete opposite of what you said because you said it no he would it started that way for sure it started yeah. that way but then it was like, let me say what Joe said, because obviously, uh-huh. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and then he's all like, I don't, I am baby. He just gives up. He's like, ah, it's not even that he agrees with that. He's just like, I'm a bad leader. Yep. I might grow into it someday, but I'm not it now. I am unprepared. <laughs> and then he, he really notices that it's, it's not a bad thing to let go of the reins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He realizes that he can't do everything by himself god his i love his character development um so much because there's this moment where we're, i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit um there's this moment in the towards the end of the series where he's having a really hard time of it he sees rosa getting all these wins because she's just you know a little adorable rage monster that we all love uh and she's really good at being a rage monster destruction she's really good at destruction in like the cutest most benign way possible some of those times she looked terrifying oh i love i would die for rosa absolutely oh she has this face that's like bitch try me Literally, she flips from, like, oh, oh, look at me, I'm Bevy, to, I wonder how hard it could hit you for your organs to come out. And it's, like, <laughs> this minute switch in the animation style where her, her smile goes from cute to sinister, and there's no in-between. <laughs> she has no chill. Um, she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing, and she's very competent for a four-year-old. Um, well, she's very competent, period. I'm gonna go ahead and clarify, like, no, I would I would be willing to preface with a four for a four year old because you think about children and we kind of put them into this like category of ooh, like small child can't do shit. 
And for the majority of kids, especially in, like, the world, I don't know why I said it that way. For the majority of kids, that's kind of what they're forced to be because we don't give them the room to grow with it. Yeah. But the second you give kids room to grow and explore random parts of themselves that they may find, like, interesting, that's how you get uh, uh, MasterChef Junior. Yeah. That's how you get uh, those kids on the internet who, like, there's a kid who's, let's say, like, I think he was, like, three, and uh, his dad taught him how to fully operate a uh, espresso machine and also steam milk and also make latte art. Mm-hmm. Even a three-year-old doing better latte art than most of the people I work with at Starbucks. No mm. offense, guys. But you give children room to grow, and they become so, like, skilled at things that you never thought they'd be possible of just because of their age. This is not to say that you should send your four-year-old out to, like, kill Cosmic aliens, battle. But, like, if that happens, I mean, if they're doing it well, just have the band-aids on the ready, man. I don't know. Rosa has a body count. Um... I mean, Rose's parents at one point realized, oh, fuck, we can't stop her. Yeah, like- but, but But back to my original point of... He he sees the, the success of his team and how the team has instated a reward system. Not a reward system. And a, a, That's an and award a, system. A reward system. Award. Award system of, you know, you did really good. That You were the MVP of this battle. And Kid habitually is never the person who is the MVP of the battle. And it fucks with him. And then he eventually has this deterioration of this is the one thing this is the one thing I've always wanted to be since I was little. And if I can't do that, obviously I'm no good at anything. I'll never be good at anything. Like what the fuck am I supposed to do? I'm just the comic relief to you guys. I don't really even have a value to you. And I could have heard myself saying this the thing the speech he gave when I was younger and it was like oh it hurt but yeah and I think that really builds off of uh, the the self uh, self-serving destiny thing because he only is that because of the way that he's interpreted his powers yeah like had he had the knowledge that all of the others had about their powers because they're very they're very forward Joe's does portals. Papa G's makes clones. Rosa's makes you big. Okay, they're all very straightforward. His is the only one that had this, like, ambiguity to it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he could not use it to its full strength is probably, I would argue, is the only reason he was unable to be successful throughout the entire series. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's so, it, it's so, like, beautifully sad, I guess, in the way that it's written. Yeah, Because you've got this kid with all of the drive with every single thing that you would like need a main character to have and succeed with and he's missing a crucial point in his uh power journey that everyone around him has and he's unable to move forward because of it i i think i think with that what you're saying as far as him being like that i think he puts that not necessarily just him he doesn't just necessarily put that block it's when he starts trying to figure out the powers he's like okay but what do you do and the he realizes oh i can fly but he can't get full control of it because he still himself isn't fully grasping what it really means to have the powers because he thinks it's just some cool thing that he's going to do to save the universe. He doesn't see it as 
it's an actual responsibility and when you see everybody else yeah rosa obviously doesn't see it as a responsibility oh no and you can tell right away but she starts understanding that if i get big i can hurt people uh-huh. pretty quick so she starts and you can start seeing her realizing that she cannot just only r- manipulate herself but she can manipulate anything she grabs mm-hmm. and she figures that out pretty quickly that's a, that was a good moment it was um with um i think it's a stick yeah yeah she, she grabs a stick and she's like oh she's big like, with me smash <laughs> yes and with joe you start seeing where she does the same thing she starts pretty quick she goes okay well if i can make portals can i decide where the portals go she, but I think that's also a level of maturity that uh, the kid doesn't have. Yeah. And I think he would have had better development of his powers if he, not only by himself, but if the town didn't really look at him as a joke. Because before he was even the group, Superhero. The superhero, the joke of the the comic relief of the group, he was looked at as a joke. Even when he was trying to go, guys, we can beat these people. We have the strength. We have the power. You guys have done it before. I don't know what you're acting like. It's, it's. Yeah, he's not. He, he has so much. Um, what's the best? Word? He's the class clown. No, that's not what I'm trying to say. When they're getting attacked in the diner, he is this moving force of motivation he's like he has so much confidence in his teammates he's overconfident he's overconfident but the thing is is everybody in the diner is straight up going you're fucking crazy shut up and then the instant joe says something everybody goes well what do you have to say Uh And, and you see it right away they before he was the comic relief of the group before they labeled him they already saw him as a joke it's true yeah um, I would like to also uh, build off of what you were saying earlier about um, uh, the control of his powers. I would like to also bring up the fact when we see the alien that the powers are based on come up, he does not zip around like Kid does. No. He floats in place. And I think that is also something to keep in mind because... Um, He's trying to go supersonic speeds with just his body, and that's not how that works. I think the only reason the guy in the Earth Force Enforcement Force thing was able to do that is because he had a suit to make adjustments for him. Mm-hmm. But as a as a fleshy person, to fly through the air like that, it's it's a level of control that we don't biologically have. So I think it was partial. You are completely correct. I think it was also that, but I think the sheer fact that he was using using the stone wrong in the first place was it was a double hindrance it was it was a double it was a double edged sort of bad mm-hmm. yeah. neither sword did anything good but they still stabbed yeah <laughs> he he unknowingly handicapped himself yeah yeah cuz had he slowed down and floated the way that the guy uh that the, the spinning eye guy does at the end uh, I feel like he would have been able to concentrate more and do other things. Mm-hmm. He also would have been way more stable, like we see him at the end. Well, I think I think that doesn't happen because of his ADHD. Oh, of course. Yes, this boy has ADHD oh, rights. Yes. Because 
And the reason I say that... He's not neurotypical. That's all I'm going to say about it. And the reason I say that is because when he he first... Finds the rings. I was waiting for... I keep thinking I have, like, something there and I keep not doing it. Sorry. You're good. When he first discovers the power of um, levitation, he's meditating. He is keeping calm. He's letting his brain focus. He is using the Mind Stone as it's supposed to be. Freak it out, breathe it out. Freaking Exactly. He's actually calm. And you can tell that Papa G sort of told him this because he has his brain going <laughs> 10 miles an hour all the time. And I think the instant he realizes, I can float, his brain literally goes, okay, back that's to what, work to normal. Let's go. That's what this does. That's the only function it has. I don't that think That is it's, completely true. I don't yeah. think it's so much it's the only function his, it has. It's because it works with your mind. The way his mind is working 10 miles an hour, he's going 10 miles an hour when the stone is typically something that you the stone is something you need to hardcore concentrate with and that is something that's very hard for someone with that type of neurotypical uh, neurodivergency Mm -hmm. uh attached to them i can't speak today at any capacity apparently yeah and so with him being how he is how he is he that you know that adhd yeah the the my mind's going so fast i can barely keep up yeah he can barely keep up and then he also has that pent-up energy that he can't release. The instant that he realizes he can flirt, float, he loses... Flirt. flirt. No, um, I don't want that to do it. <laughs> he loses control. But to... Do you think, do you think Rosa will accept my ring? <laughs> no. Stop. <laughs> he loses control, and he... Instead of going, maybe I should try to... you know breathe it out freak it out he goes this is awesome and that's where he loses the capacity to rethink if there's more to this oh and that's when he loses he puts that handicap that he unconsciously puts the handicap on himself yeah that's what i meant is like he figured out one thing that this thing could do and like didn't bother to explore that's the one thing that this is so cool why would i bother looking for other functionalities it's like a it's like a multi-purpose tool but also, I would love to talk about Papa G for G- Oh, can I add one more thing to, to kick off like, please? Oh, okay. I was just, yeah. Before we go on, um, to add on to his uh, neurodiversity, that boy has a hyper-focus and it's comic books. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That's, that's an escapism coping mechanism he, right there. He has a hyper-focus and it is all of those comic books and he has so many rights. I'm done. Um, but Papa G is such a good parental figure. I okay he has provided Kid Cosmic with good coping mechanisms um I'm sorry I I took this over here um pick up yours he has provided Kid Cosmic with excellent coping mechanisms he has acknowledged that he is having emotional difficulties and realizes that when he gets overloaded for whatever reason giving him a mantra and a breathing um pattern to do helps calm him down and helps refocus him and then 
later in the show when kids really down in the dumps again Papa G goes I'm I'm sorry kid I I wish I know you're hurting right now and I I wish I could do something to help you I just don't know what would help you in this moment and I I love seeing that from a parental figure and and you you're gritting your teeth but like I don't know I Papa G has rights Go ahead I have I have one point to make to build on this. You know who he reminds me of? Greg Universe. If every pork chuck were perfect, we wouldn't have hot dogs. It's okay, kid. Do whatever you need to do. I love you and respect you, and, and I'm going to be your best friend as best as I can, and I'm just going to let you do the good things that you deserve to do that you think will help you feel better. And if it means going to space to fight evil alien space rocks, if that if that's what it has to be, then go ahead. I know that you're a literal child, but what harm could it do to you? Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I what harm could it do? My my parents were super constricting, and honestly, that's just that just made everything worse for me. So I'm just gonna be as open and as valid as possible for you. At least he had a bed. I'll give you that. He had a bed. Yeah, he had his own. You know, he had his own bed. I will give bed. you that. That is my point. I'm sorry for. I'm sorry. I just. I really. No, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I. 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 I thought Myra was putting it down because. I don't know. I was, I was just putting it down because I was gonna talk. But... Say your rebuttal real quick. I was just gonna say that I liked seeing an emotional, intelligent male parental figure. Yeah, like uh, Greg. Greg. I don't think. I. I wouldn't say Greg is extremely emotionally intelligent because he gives his kid away well i guess that does show a little <laughs> never mind yes myra I, I i yeah i would say papa g does has rights but i don't think you're giving him the rights for the right reason because yeah it, you're right he does teach him to calm down he realizes he has crisis but he also doesn't really, as a parental figure, he feels more like a friend than a parental figure. Because he's like, okay, dude, oh, you found stones and you're floating in the freaking air. Okay, cool, just don't break your leg. And then he's like, you know, and then you see a giant child a literal four-year-old that that's four times four stories high and he's like just you know just because you can hurt people don't hurt the good ones i mean that's not a bad thing to say but at the same time you don't tell this four-year-old's parents what's going on you and and you see a teenager with freaking literal powers to run away from home and you're friends with her mom good Clo- friends close friends you're good friends i wouldn't say good friends she, he yeah, literally yeah. agrees to do maintenance on the cafe on a reg for free to the point where he knew where the electric thing was when they needed to fix the electricity but without she, having to ask she was kind and of patron- she, she was kind of patronizing patronizing to him not really she i i feel like more she was not approving of the way he raises kid Mm. 
which is fair which because is fair. she she sees kid as coming in and causing trouble in her diner so she does not approve of how he's raising kid but she can't say shit because it's not her child she's she, respectful as much as she can yeah mm. all she can do is like don't come into my diner but you know when you come with your grandpa sure but don't come into my diner and he's he has rights as a person because he very much you're right he does give good advice and he does care for the kid but he's so aloof to everything that you're like that's not a parental figure because he fucking joins the team Mm -hmm. and instead of being the he is at least three times everybody age ages in that group or minimum least. minimum his beard and is white he has to be at least in his 60s and uh the uh joe is literally a teenager so yeah yeah so the fact that he is not the leader of the fucking group <laughs> says something okay. he's just max um i would like to rebuttal with a lot of grandparents who get saddled with kids from their dead children do respond in a similar way. That's not an uncommon reaction to grandparents becoming parents again in their older years. Um, but also, I think Papa G was secretly waiting for this. Uh, I, I, I won't steal your theory, but, like, he's definitely been to space before. He's definitely seen some oh, shit. Seen some because shit. he has explicit and this isn't just a crackpot theory. He has explicitly <laughs> said I didn't think I'd see space again this way or something like that in like episode I'm doing it. I'm so- he also says when he sees Rosa big, he goes, "Well, if I ever see if I if I had a nickel for every time I'd see I I'd, I'd see this I'd have two nickels." Right, like oh, he did say it that. It is you know what? I'm going to give him props. He's an alien raising a kid. He didn't do that bad. <laughs> He's or, an alien. He's, he's a fucking he's alien. He's either an alien or a time traveler. Or, like, or an alien time traveler. An alien time travel space criminal. Because the fucking dude, the 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 the, the biker dude, oh, knew yeah. the Fed. He knew that he had a record. A file. He said his his file was big. Thick. He had yeah. he had thick. A thick boy. That 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 boy apparently had a dummy thick file, and uh, that's impressive for a string bean of an old grandpa. Can I say my theory about the hat, even though I know you... S- yeah. I like it, and I want No, it's fine. Do it. I don't care. So, his hat has, like, little medals and, like, things on it, and my theory was that, oh, that's that's part of an old military uniform, because it's, you know, a distinctive, silly little memento thing, but also it could be, like, an old West hat. And Jay points out that it's just the hat from over yonder and i was sad yeah papa g's entire character is based on wander from wander over yonder and his entire hat is just a callback to the character and i'm still confused as to why you focused on that and not the multitude of watches on his his wrist wrist. and the fact that there's a literal picture of him in the diner from when joe's mom was a child he looks identical he looks identical he's still gray he has the same hat the same watches and the same shirt i you focused on the wrong thing. You focused on the hat when he had watches and... <laughs> See, no, no, no. I noticed the watches. I just went, whack. <laughs> <laughs> Those are four watches on that man's wrist. 
Oh my god. Neat. <laughs> well. Papaji is not human. He's not human. Or he's, at least he's a spicy human. <laughs> he's a very spicy. I think he's a very spicy human. I think he's like that kind of, since we're also sort of talking crackpot theories mm-hmm. with Papaji. He's, he reminds me very much of that grandparent who's actually not like, he is the grandparent, but he really wasn't in his kid's life. And then yeah. ended up getting, uh, put into his grandchild's life out of necessity necessity um so i feel like he's always been this aloof guy aloof yeah aloof guy and um i do believe he's a time traveler um and i think he's he's experienced so much that he's like nothing's new go ahead go ahead this reminded me of something there's a deleted scene Oh, um, of Papa G, and he's feeding the chickens on his property, mm-hmm. and he opens up um, uh, kids' trailer and sees stuck Chuck, <laughs> and he just kind of looks down, and Chuck is sitting there with with a comic book, looks up at this human, he immediately shuts the door, walks away, comes back, opens the door, and just chucks bird seed at him. <laughs> And then walks away again. <laughs> Doesn't know what to feed him. And literally, his entire reaction for that, I, I wish they would have kept this scene in. His entire reaction to seeing a literal alien stuck on the floor in his uh, grandkid's room is just, he probably needs some food. I mean, I don't know what he eats, but like, this is better than nothing, I guess. Here you go. Yeet. Um, Not, why is there an alien on your floor? Not, hey dude, what are you doing in this room? Just... I guess you need food. I can't wait to get Papa G's backstory. <laughs> oh yes. god, that's gonna be so interesting. It's gonna be so great because there's a scene where there we get quick snapshots of each character's bedroom real fast because they're waking up from you know uh, something's happening in the middle of the night and they're waking up. Papa G's bedroom is covered with art. And I don't think all of that art is of humans. We we literally paused a pit, paused on his room, and we were all standing, crowding around the TV, pointing at random things like, "No, no, no! This is this. But what about this? This is a thing." She's right. A certain amount of it is not human. At least not earthy. Not earthy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was that one that you and I were disagreeing on with the stick figures the versus frog? Yeah, the frog and. The fact that we can disagree on something, whether or not it's a stick figure or a frog, is already saying it's some w- words that shouldn't be used in the same sentence. Yep. And, and, and there's this wild variance of art styles from, like, Picasso-esque to um, extreme realism and, like, shadow art. And it, it's all over the place. And, again, he does time traveler. Junk art. Too. Also, yeah, his technology? Oh my god, he literally goes up to those... F- I'm sorry, I won't say your thing. You said it first. I, I just the, remembered it from you. So, no, you're good. Um, Papa G has an unreasonable intelligence with... Tech. Alien tech, specifically. 
because there there are these like shadow demon dogs running around with their collars and he's all like oh if you just take a paperclip stick it in this one specific spot for three seconds they shut off and like which is already wild how did you figure that out <laughs> yeah first of all how and second of all he's all like oh yeah i could probably build so, like some countermeasures for these alien invasions with this scrap from this you know alien ship do to do to do and no one questions it joe also, d- he reprograms one of the dogs he he reprograms one of the dogs like did they keep that reprogrammed dog i, I hope, hope so, so. <laughs> I can't remember. I, it literally was the last episode. I don't think they ever went into it, but they better have. He's such a good boy. She, good girl. Exactly. They made such a point. They made such a point. They did. Okay. Oh my god. I just, I, like... What the fuck is up with Papa G? I mean... A lot. A lot. He probably also did some acid. That is... Oh, that he man is drugs. on some drugs. He was. He has done some shit. He has. Um, My theory is that that uh that dude from the uh, uh agency agency from the FBI or whatever was literally put in their little town to watch over Papa G until the stones showed up, and then they were like, "Okay, so now your thing is the stones, but like also that old man, he's gonna do something with the rock." Hell us. Yeah. <laughs> I think he can. He was. I think that's also what made him go, oh, because he knew that kid is Papa G's grandkid. Uh-huh. Maybe that's why he didn't assume the leadership role. He didn't want to bring more undue attention to kid and the rest of the, the squad. Okay. That's, my, that's, that's a working theory, perhaps. I, too, have a working theory about this. Go ahead. I think he's a space criminal. And let me elaborate. Y- okay? You've mentioned, yes. I know, but let me elaborate, because I have not elaborated. Please do. Okay, so, yes, we, we've we already got over his reactions, various reactions based on, you know, the, the, the stuff. He also has a subtle unwillingness to participate in the plan. And let me elaborate this. Which plan? Yes. Okay. Um, they go... Um, they, the, the first one that I can think of for this is they go to, um, find the spaceship Mm -hmm. and he's literally holding the black box for the ship, not saying a goddamn word. That's right. He He, knows. He actively, he actively is like, maybe we can just get away with not doing this plan. He collected the scrap. He knew it was there. He put it on the fucking thing. Um, the next one I can actively remember, um, he... When they're when they're going to the final fight, he does this thing and he tries to play it off as this like oh, I was just trying to be funny, but like uh, he goes he stops at at his little farm and he does this like storm out of the truck thing and he goes back into the house to get this chest. I have a feeling that he was actually stalling to see if everyone would just give up if the one of them who could like you know if Joe gave up if Joe if Joe gave up the others would follow suit and they would all go home and this would all be over. But he waited them out, and they didn't give up. So he came out with the chest. Mm. Those are the only two I can think of right now, but I had more while watching it. He always subtle... Also, when they're uh, fighting the the, the devil dogs, whatever they call them, Mm -hmm. uh, the demon dogs, he boarded up the the door. He boarded up the door, trying to force them to be like, oh, well, guess we're going to have to give up the rings. He didn't say that, but that was the vibe that it gave me on on the third watch through. Like, 
the more you watch the show, the more you realize how much she's ever so slightly undermining the mission in the most subtle ways. That he he's basically trying to be like, don't do this. Hey, we should probably, oop, nope, we're doing it. Hey, we should probably, oop, nope, we're doing it. Like, every time. Oh, that's right, because during the training, uh, there's, a, there's a scene where kids like, we should be trained to be good heroes, do-do-do. And everyone kind of looks to Papa G, because Joe still doesn't have that, that found confidence yet. Uh-huh. But we can talk about Joe in a second. Yes. Um, we need to. We, we will. Um, and Papa, Papa G just kind of goes, I'm just going to be goofy over here, and we'll, we'll not train. Well, no, he was like, I don't have the core strength for this, which is bullshit, because he literally does shit a couple of episodes later that involves core core stuff. He digs a whole grave for a massive alien. That takes some core strength. And he carries it. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he, he undermines Kid then, too. And not just Kitty, but undermines the whole team. Yeah, no, 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 no. yeah. But, like, only... Only slightly. I'm not saying I think he's some covert operative doing bad things. I think this entire time he's been subtly being like, look, this is fun. Y'all are having your shit. But if I go to space again, I'm going to go to space jail. And I don't want to do that. I love this. I love this. (laughs) I am in love with this. No, yeah. I think uh, Papa G has... um, He's got a past. He's he's got got a a record. Hey guys, welcome back to the Mint Roll. We haven't done this in a couple of episodes, I don't think. Um, we've been having a little bit of trouble uh, posting to the socials. Sam's had a bit of a rough time at work, and I haven't really had time to help out. So, you know, we're we're trying to balance everything. But uh, we did get Sam did get one uh, hint up for this week, and we actually had a guess. And I'm so happy. Uh, shout out to at Jman on Twitter. Uh, he guessed um, a picture that we posted, um, the hamburger guy from Popeye, which would have been great. And I'm honestly a little disappointed we didn't do it. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, it was incorrect. But you're the first guest we've had in like a month. So I'm giving you I'm giving you props. So thank you to at Jman. Uh, check him out if you want to, you know, do that. I don't know. He actually does a stream on Twitch where he... Um, is doing a uh, 24-hour uh, charity for, um, I think it's called Extra Life, where he donates a bunch of money to a kid's hospital. So if that sounds like something up your alley, um, go check him out. I think it's it starts either today or, or tonight. Either way, do it. It's going to be worth it. And it handles at Jman on Twitch. But yeah, so, um, you know, I missed you guys. Hope you're having a good day. Hope you're having a good week. Uh, keep an eye out for the next episode. It is coming out on the same day, Saturday. Uh, if you're liking our little things where we do the um, Rotten Tomatoes, let us know. Uh, this week's will be coming out on Wednesday, as usual. Um, and yeah, if you have any recommendations for us, be sure to email us or tweet at us or whatever you like so that we can add it to the list. And we give preferential treatment to any recommendations that we get. So, all right. Thank you so much. And enjoy the rest of Kid Cosmic and the local heroes. Joe. 
Joe, I was going to be like, okay, okay, Joe. <laughs> so, this Joe. girl. I love her. I would die for her. I think she she has this interesting from day one thing. Like, the whole time she's like, yeah, we have powers, but I don't know if I really want to save the world. Like, I have to because they're attacking our town, but I have self-preservation. It's, it's, it, at the very beginning for Joe, it's very much self-preservation. I'm sorry. Until she, she starts realizing that this could potentially be something more important. And then she slowly starts getting this confidence of, okay, okay. Well, obviously the powers, we have them. We can use them to do good. Okay, the kid's right on that. This kid is nine. So someone has to tell him no. Papa G's not doing that. Might as well be me. And you see that especially on episode three when he's like, okay, let's go find the ship. And she's like, but kid. (sighs) You see her starting to try to take that role. She uh-huh. yeah, she doesn't that take that role. leadership role completely yet until you get the attack in the diner. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, you have this. She's like, "Dude, don't go. He's tricking you." Uh huh. Stuck Chuck is stuck for a reason. She is. And then you know, kid obviously doesn't want to listen because he's like. I know everything about superheroes. You don't. You haven't read a comic. I'm nine uh, years old. What are you talking about? Exactly. And then. So, Actually, I'm 11, so shut the fuck up. Actually, I'm 11, so shut the fuck up. So then she's like, fine, I'll go with you to make sure you don't kill yourselves. Can we go after the lunch rush so I can help my mom? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, you start seeing her growth and then you get, she gets this boost of confidence, especially when she sees her mom accepting what she's doing and accepting that she's not in big trouble, like doing something bad. Mm -hmm. And she starts taking more of that leadership role. And then you see her do a complete 360. 180? 360 would be completely around facing the same direction. Oh, a 180. Sorry. A complete 180 when she's in the diner trying to save Kid. She's like, where is he? What have you done with him? Is he in this place? Is he in that place? Like, dude. And then you also see it when Kid steals all the stones. And she's like, you know, this is when we're supposed to apologize to you. Because we did you wrong. It wasn't just Papa G. We all did. Because we knew what was going on. And we didn't tell you. And... She was the first to defend Kid when the entire diner was seeing him as just a comedic relief. And she's Mm -hmm. like, no, he's not. He's a lot more than that. You see him as a joke, but he's not a joke. Mm -hmm. So she's the first one to really have a... um, Understanding of him? Understanding of him. And also to see him as more as the kid with ADD. Or ADHD. Yeah, yeah she, I think she calls him the soul of the team in that yes. moment. Or heart. Something like that. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, something that I really liked about Joe is the second we get introduced to her as a character, it's not by anything uh, supernatural or anything. It's her swiping through her phone about different uh, go-to destinations. 
And um, I really, really like that they had that be the pinnacle for her because it's an immediate signal of she wants change. Mm-hmm. Right now she thinks it's travel, but all she's really feeling is stir-crazy. She's stuck in this small town mm-hmm. with nothing to do, and all she wants to do is something different. It, it doesn't really, you find out later on, it doesn't really have to be travel. The more they do the superhero stuff, the more she embraces that. Mm-hmm. She was never super passionate about just traveling. She was passionate about changing her surroundings. And I'm really excited to see what she does in season two, because now she's in outer fucking space. <laughs> she is living the wanderlust dream. Oh, yeah. And I'm so happy for her. But I love how her, her development as a character was like, just this like this this kind of like not sad but uh 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 melancholic no uh it's it's like oppressed but lighter uh repressed held down i can't think of the right word but she's she's this 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 teenager who's been held down by the uh by the constraints of her family uh she's I don't think the the vibe that we got from her and her mom is that she wasn't really given a choice to start working at the diner. She just started working at the diner the same way her mom did. Uh, It's a family business. She's obviously part of the family. That's just what you do. Um, So she kind of got shoehorned into this role of daughter waitress until you die or until your mom dies and you inherit the restaurant and then you are uh, owner and waitress. And it's literally the cycle of like small town America uh, with a family that owns a business and getting to see her be able to break free of that and do something that she actually has some sort of a passion for. I don't know if she necessarily has a passion for the powers the way the kid does or for the like saving the world thing, but she definitely has a passion for leadership Mm -hmm. and whether that be as a babysitter or as working at the diner or whatever, she has a passion for leadership and being able to embrace that and move forward and also get that change of scenery that she's really been wanting i am her character arc was not the feature of the story but was so well done yes i'm done um and i'm gonna bounce off of a little bit of what both of you guys said i think part of the reason she's so reluctant to take on that leadership role within the group is she she's a babysitter there's this element of i can take control of the moment i can handle my shit i've got this but now it's time for someone else to take over i i'm just the temporary interim leader i she canonically babysits rosa on a regular occasion and and we see that in like episode two when they're when the team's teaching rosa how to use her powers and I'm willing to bet she babysat Kid when his parents were alive. If if they lived in the same town. I, I don't know. We don't know if they did. But well, by the look of the picture of... They were driving in the desert, right? But, not the, but I'm going based on the picture that they showed of when the parents... If it was a recent picture, mm-hmm. Kid was at least six or seven Mm -hmm. so he's been with papa g for a couple of years so if papa g needed a babysitter or he was doing something in the diner joe would have been stuck babysitting yeah and i'm really far from the mic so that was gonna probably begin really low and i'd be willing to agree because when whatever kid is causing trouble in the diner she makes it a point to try and help him out right 
almost like there used to be a connection there, but now there's a, um, a, a gap. distance, yeah. And, but she still remembers that connection. Yeah. And she... <sighs> she leads extraordinarily well. Like, especially when she's coaching Rosa of, like, hey, it's playtime. Rosa understands, oh, playtime is when we need to get big. And eventually Rosa, you know, takes that on and she she gives herself a little superhero name. It's so cute. Um, <laughs> completely on her own, too. Yeah, unprompted. Yeah. Just... She just screams Nina Yantiga as she fucking yeets herself into battle and everyone just goes, yeah! <laughs> you go! <laughs> Giant small child. You go, you funky little toddler! <laughs> um, but even with Kid, she's all like, listen, buddy, I got you, I understand your brain, but like, could we not? Maybe? For, for me, please? Like, we can do this. What do you think? And kid's like, not this time, you sneaky teenager, you. And <laughs> yeets himself off into the sunset. And she's like, God, fucking damn it. It's not during the lunch rush, please. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then she sees kid progressively become more self-destructive. And she's like, I can't. I can't just give the, the leadership brains back. This is not... If I do that, he's probably gonna get himself killed, and I can't live with myself with that. And it's not so explicit. There's not, like, a, a scene of... Well... I guess the diner scene, kind of. The scene of him riding into battle in the future flash. Oh. But she didn't yeah. see that. No, 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 but the cat, the cat talks about it. No, but that's after the cat talks about it. When you see it first, that's she did not have that confidence in the kid. She did not know his... She knew he was not as capable as everybody else, mm -hmm. but she didn't know how... How bad. How bad right, cause it was, because she really doesn't get that glimpse until he steals all the rings. Right. And, like, there's moments between her and Papa G of, like, we need we need to help the kid. How are we going to help him? Because he's obviously struggling and he's hurting. But, like, how do we do that? In that same vein, um, the when she finally goes and... Um, uh, when, when Papa G does the robot thing, mm -hmm. the second she finds out about it, she's like, that's not what I meant! That's not what I meant! Oh, my God, that's not what I meant! Right. Like... Papa G has this, like, this is why I think he's an alien, or at least someone who did not grow up around kids. Uh, he he has this, like, mentality of kids where it's like, uh, they do what they want. And then, like, whenever you need to give them a, a boost in confidence, you do that. And they're great. They're fine. They figure it out. And I feel like that's how he approached the whole situation with him. Whereas uh, Joe, who's been around kids for what seems like the majority of her life. Yeah, she probably has... started babysitting when she was, like, 14-ish. Yeah. Uh, so, like, for her, she's, she's like, ooh, buddy, there are repercussions, like, straight off the bat. Right off the bat. She's like, that, uh, oh, 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 oh. Wrong call. <laughs> oh. Please don't do that. Please. I wish, I wish I you wish had talked to me before you, before I you went and did that. she would have told me something. Yeah, because I would have told you no. He's probably like, well, I talked to the other G's and we all thought it was a great idea. Yeah, of course. 
Um, yeah, no, you see, uh, with with Joe, I think you see this great, um, I, I would say growth. It, I guess growth. But you also see her reading and understanding kid a lot quicker than other people do. They, she sees mm. the pain that nobody sees. Oh, yeah. Right away. She picks up on it right away. Especially when she goes into his trailer and she's like, you live here? Oh, but you live like this? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's like, isn't it great? And she went, Oh, uh, not being supervised at all. Exactly. And she's she's like, OK, well, that's not my place. And then she starts to realize she notices the the first thing she notices is not so much the comics, but the fact that he's hiding his parents accident away. Yeah. And refreshing is real. Folks. Also said, no, I, I sorry, real quick. I paused and read that whole thing. And it's real sad. apparently a bunch of people had already died on that stretch of road and they were like one of like seven in the past month that had crashed there and lost their lives oof damn (laughs) i thank god i didn't pause and read it i was once i figured out that craig motherfucking mccracken was like putting putting the answers to things literally straight in front of us i just started pausing and reading everything (laughs) you want to give me answers fine i'm paying attention now um, but yeah, so you, you, right off the bat, you see Joe go, okay, pain, let's just pretend the kid is right. And when he shows her the rings and she's like, I saw him fly, let's do this. And she starts listening to him on how to control her powers. And then when she starts figuring it out herself, you see her go, ooh, he's not getting the point that you have to chill. You can't move your brain at 10, 10 miles an hour. Uh-huh. So I need you to... You mean 10,000 miles an hour? Yeah, 10,000 miles an hour, really. That is... Um, so she tries to rein him in because she knows that his brain is going, going. Yeah. It's not standing still. Yeah. And then you see her progressing slowly in that whole leadership role again but you really see her understanding his pain and everything especially when they're having that superhero moment where everybody's getting a medal and she's like oh he needs yeah she she's always the first one to provide kid the kind of validation he needs not the let's make you feel happy and ignore your problems kind of validation that papa Uh g tries to give him but the let's let's sit down and talk about this what's going on with you kid and that's so great to see and and it and it like yes she's supposed to be like 16 17 but it kind of amplifies that maybe she had to take emotional care of her mom at some point too cuz like you don't just learn that from being a babysitter it it felt a little more deep-rooted than that it could be learned from herself it could be learned from herself learned from working in a business at a young age yeah accompanied with being a babysitter all the time because uh when you're when you're like a kid i I don't necessarily have uh experience in this specifically but i do have experience working as 
a young person, mm-hmm. uh, you're forced to learn how to manage people early, even if you're not a manager. Mm. Okay. So I think it's a co- it could be that, but it also could be a combination of everything. And I only say that because her mom seems very chill, aside from the diner. Yeah, I, w- I was just, like, watching my mom go through the death of her own mother, there is a certain amount of emotional support that you have to provide. Well, I think it's not just this emotional support. I think you, I think she connects with Kid in a different way because you never see or hear anything about her dad. That's true. And I did mention that that thing in uh, Kid's room said that multiple people had died on that stretch of road. Maybe her dad is one of the people who died. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, because it also make it makes you feel like they had just recently n- not resettled resettled at the diner, like they had to move due to unseen circumstances. Maybe I don't know if they necessarily moved, but I do agree that they did have this kind of uh, weird vibe as far as the family in it, because like it it didn't feel complete but on purpose yeah yeah not like that not like they they just forgot a character it felt like they as characters were avoiding the topic yeah or relearning how to go about their daily lives so, yeah not in like a not in like a open wound kind of way but in a like we're moving on kind of way yeah, yeah and it could be the loss of her grandmother but i think it's also the loss of her father it didn't feel like the loss of her grandmother necessarily like fret because it i don't know the loss of the grandmother felt older yes so like maybe when joe was younger like 10 maybe maybe kids a kids age but um moving off joe for a hot second can we talk about the star of the show the absolute uh, apple of my eye. The 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 best character. Arguably. Tuna sandwich. Oh, of course it's tuna sandwich. I fucking love tuna sandwich. Let's go into <laughs> it. That funky little cat. That funky I, little cat. I was not ready for him to be a main character. I was not ready for him to get powers. I was not ready for him to be the brains of the operation without being able to speak to anyone. <laughs> and then I wasn't ready for him to gain sentience and the ability to communicate. I, he wasn't ready to gain sentience. <laughs> the moment he gets his voice, he's like, oh, is, is, is this what I sound like? And it's this deep, timbery, uh, like, rumbly southern country just, drawl. No, I can't do it, especially when it was like this. I, is this what I, I sound like? That's close. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm like, that's my funky little cat right there! Also, the one quick thing I want to note on this, I feel like he was a completely normal cat until he got that stone. Yes. Because the one thing, he, he has like a whole come to Jesus moment about how he feels about Kid because of a flashback with the stone and determining whether or not to go chase them. Which, side note, cats do not typically leave like a, uh, I think it's two mile radius. Mm-hmm. That's their turf. They don't leave that area in, in the wild. Like they, they don't stray. So if your cat is willing to follow you outside of their two mile area, that means they love you. And the fact that the he has that flashback about himself in the box mm-hmm. and then goes he has that little moment of the tear dropping down his face and is like okay fine kid i'm gonna fucking chase after you i'm gonna fix this and uh he does that shit pretty successfully 
and then proceeds to kind of get more and more of like an autonomy about him. Mm-hmm. His communication style starts to transform from cat to uh, uh, someone with a sense of self. Mm-hmm. Like the more we see of him throughout that episode, yeah. like he he's he's imagining the death of another being, and that's not something that animals do in the wild. Like animals do not typically have. I, I just I love that they put these little tidbits in to like show that he is not only like he he is developing as a character without words. Yeah, yeah. He goes from this this fat old like lazy how- cat. lazy house cat at a diner. And, you know, you see the, the guests, specifically Kid, feeding him. Uh-huh. And he's all like, I'm a good kitty. And mm. then the stone gets attached to him. And, like you said, there's these subtle character moments with no words. And that's just on story yeah. writing, my guy. It, it led perfectly into him learning. It, it led perfectly into him being able to communicate with the other characters. Yes. Yeah, it because- was not jarring. It was fluid yeah because you see it especially in that episode when they're like uh the the feds are like um the sandwich is missing and the guy's like what the fuck (gasps) are you talking about the the tuna sandwich and they're they're all looking at like (laughs) what the fuck are you talking about and then he's like the girl's like the cat and i just love the, the other soldier going What's a cat gonna do? And out of nowhere, you see this fucking cat go, and like a bat out of hell starts clawing the fuck out of this guy's face, and he's like, "What?" And no one helps him. Also, the way that he bats at people's shoes when he's angry at them is the cutest yes. shit. He doesn't. It's like he doesn't go for the face. He doesn't go for. He hisses and then goes and leaves. I need yes. your attention. No, it's, it's, he doesn't, t- like, angry at them. Yeah. Yes. It's not attention. It's how fucking dare you being in my way. <laughs> yes. And, and like, everyone makes such a point that it's not the way he normally acts. They're like, whoa, buddy. And he's like, <laughs> And then he's, the way he, like, gets their attention when he's like, I need you to pay attention. I need you. I need you to pay attention to me. And, like, starts, like, gently, like, insistently either patting at their shoe specifically or their leg. And he's like, I need you. <laughs> and they're like, tuna fish, what the fuck? Yes. Tuna. Also, his interactions with Chuck. Fucking priceless. Fucking priceless. Fucking. He gets that voice box and cannot shut up. No. And Chuck is just, like, putting up with it. Like, yeah. And I love how, like, after after letting him put up, after after putting up with his, like, talking for, like, a whole day straight, uh, Tuna is just like, yeah, you're my family now. There's yeah. no going back. Yeah. I've adopted you. Yeah. <laughs> and Chuck's like, uh, all right, I guess. Can you tell me what that means first? I'm okay. fine with it, but, like, what what is? Yes. <laughs> what is found family? I don't... I only know soldier. Hello. Yes. I I I don't know. I really enjoyed how once he develops a voice, he's like nonstop this, talk. This deep <laughs> soulful voice coming out of this itty bitty well not itty bitty but like this this cat this little chunk <laughs> this little chunk of a of a man and and ever like. It's so- I, I love how he's ready to, like, throw hands with anyone. Oh, yes. oh, yes. He, like, 
but like the minute he sees his people, he he sees kid. He he like pops out of the back of the truck and is like, kid, I love you. The amount of words I have for you. And the kid's like, you can talk. And he's like, I'm saying, using my talking skills to say I love you. And he's like, you can talk. And then they just like hug at it. Yes. Yes. I I don't know. I love um, tuna sandwich. I just, the, the fact that from the instant all that like the government comes in and he's like okay i gotta save the kid though like i have to save the kid like this kid is fucking crazy i have to save him yeah he's very much kid's cat like he lives at the diner but he's kid's Kid's cat cat. he's like i have to defend my it's my owner at this my person my person and he does he goes above and beyond to to defend him every step of the way yeah you see him going okay i see you you are the man that took my kid away so now i have to track you down find you you have to lead me to him oh you led me to the alien that also tried to hurt my child okay can can i can i diverge Uh uh-huh um speaking of the alien i love from the minute he starts to get his redemption arc, everyone is absolutely willing to throw hands with him. Like, Rosa sees that they have to, they all get separated and are being observed and held hostage, but like, at their homes. Um, And they go to acquire Rosa first, because they figure she'd be the easiest. Rosa sees, she's like, oh, Fat Cat, hello! How are you? He speaks. And he's like, oh, you speak. <laughs> she That's screams it. and she goes, Cayenne Rosa. <laughs> Fucking. Price. Calls Mate. I'm sorry, Call Mate. I, I said stop, didn't I? Yeah. Um, damn it. At least I spoke Spanish. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> And he's like, That's that's don't worry about that right now. I've got news for you. And then Chuck comes in and she's like, Ah and it's like beats him down into the floor. But Chuck takes it. He doesn't, like, try to fight back. He understands that this is the appropriate reaction to someone who has been functionally malicious towards the entire team for the majority of the series. Mm -hmm. I just... It was such a great moment of humor met with the reality of seeing a villain... villain quote air quotes chuck is such a funky little dude though go ahead i i agree with you he's such a interest hold on i'm gonna get closer (laughs) he's such a shuffle 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 he's such an ow that's how close you got like myra functionally you're you're this okay chuck (laughs) you made your point i know you're not used to having legs anymore You've made your point. Are we good? <laughs> We've established I'm really far from the mic. I'm not talking loudly. I don't have. I don't. I'm trying to embarrass you. It's just perfect. I don't have a projecting voice. You keep walking straight into them. This is my form of humor. I know, and it's hilarious. 
Because that's all he does throughout the entire show is throw fucking sarcasm he, down kids' throats. Chuck is here for one purpose and one purpose purpose only, and that is to throw shade. He, when he can't throw heads, he resorts to shade. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! I love that little dude. No, he's his, great. His whole redemption arc is something that I, I love. Uh, he goes from like complete devotion to his leader to uh having to have that like crisis and i feel like the way that they staged it it kind of feels like he in the back of his head knew that this was going to happen uh sorry in the back of his head he knew that this was going to happen leading up to uh the the leader getting there uh, when he's screamed that over the phone, he's not shocked. He just kind of goes, well, I'll deal with that. I'll deal with that baggage when it gets to it. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll burn that bridge when we get to yeah. it. And, like, he, he keeps talking him up almost in this, like, if I speak it into existence, it will it will continue to be true kind mm-hmm. of manner. And when the, when the great leader finally gets here and he's, like, trying to come with him to go home and the he gets uh, long-lived the king off the, king off the platform, um... He doesn't go through the five stages of grief like you think he would. Mm-hmm. Like he just—he's just kind of left in this. He doesn't—he doesn't come out of it like shell shocked. He almost gets this like resignation. resignation. Taking my words? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he really—he does. He has this like level of resignation of like, well, you know, I should have seen that coming a mile away. But part of me is still sad. Yeah. And like, I love how when he's in the little thing getting questioned, he—he he just. He gets asked one question and he's like, oh, bitch, let me just tell you my whole life story. Let me monologue. <laughs> and it's not even like a, it's not even like a villain monologue. It's literally just a, like a, hi, hello, let me trauma dump on you. I have words and no one will listen. <laughs> oh, bye, myself. <laughs> and the poor, the poor biker guy is like, bitch, I ain't here for you. I'm here for your friends. Who are they? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I have what now? <laughs> my friends left. My friends left me. I ain't got friends. They disappoint me. The great leader will come back eventually, right? No, he does not say that. He's like, uh-uh. I got shit. I'm just on oh, this fucking right. rock. He's like, fuck the great leader. He, he, he literally starts going like, you know, when your whole life up to now has just been one, like, one lie based on a something alien. A cult. yeah. And yeah. What do you do once you're out of it? I love that. Like, it's, it's so, it's, it's not the normal, uh... Uh, redemption arc that we've seen time and time again. Yeah. And I like that, that it he came to the decision on his own with no in, real influence from the uh, main party. Yeah. It's not it's not the typical he got a hug and everything's fine kind of redemption arc. It's he learned some stuff about the way he was living and made a personal decision. Yeah. yeah. And I think that is something that's really telling about his his character yeah i i liked that it wasn't just well let's try and save the bad guy no the entire hero group for the majority of the series is no he's a villain no let's we don't need to try and rehabilitate him we have enough problems trying to figure out our powers and work out what's going on and like stop other invading aliens than to take on a charity case and they I they did the redemption arc in a way that didn't feel cheap but was well paced for 10 episodes. Yes. Yeah. I I 
I like the fact that with him, from the instant he gives the voice box to Tuna Sandwich, he's already made the conscious decision that he's not going to get it back. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because even Tuna uh, Sandwich goes, um, so how are we going to do this? How are we going to share it? He goes, no, I've hurt this kid enough that my the pain I have to speak your language is my punishment for what I've done. He is actively punishing himself for his actions and he allows Rosa and Joe to go ahead and just punch him. Pommel him. Yeah. And he he gets this whole starts showing his true strength honestly because you you see that because throughout the whole time he could have knocked all of them out with his tongue because this thing shoots out and he starts knocking everybody out but it shows that he also had a fondness for them he could have taken all of them out and stolen the stones from day one Uh because you see that he didn't need them to build his phone to communicate with his people he he obviously from after seeing how they defeated the dog by tricking him i think he got some a level of respect that he doesn't want to admit and a fondness for them that he starts going i'm gonna kill you but i don't want to do it the easy way i want i want this to be a challenge also that he he might have also been keeping that as like a ace of the ace of the cards ace in the hole um so in a similar vein to that um the relationship almost strikes me as like mega mind and metro man energy a little bit of like the sense of i i like having someone to banter with i like having someone to um mess with but i think perhaps the most malicious thing chuck does throughout the entire series is not invade the earth is not you know call his planet to be like this is where the stones are it's a very personal attack on kid it's when he's all like of course you can't do anything right you what did you expect like you you have all of the makings of all of your favorite superheroes, the tragic backstory, the superpowers. You have everything you can, except without all of the things that really matter. So what did you expect? You, it, this was doomed from the start. And the whole monologue is so cruel and vindictive. And from that point forward, you you would almost expect him to just, like, go full evil. Because he's been, as you said, fairly benign. You, we don't even find out about his, like, tongue stung, st- sting, or whatever the hell, uh-huh. um, until later. But he doesn't. And I think that's because his, his malicious attack on Ch- Kid is, like, his one last-ditch effort to try and be the villain that homeworld expects him to be or whatever his planet is called i don't know i don't fucking know 
um, Klaxia. Klaxia? Klaxia? Something like that. Um, and when he fails at that, he's like, hmm, maybe, maybe this isn't what I thought it was, but, uh, the one thing that I had to say was, uh, based on what you were talking about, Mara, the, um, the way that he does use the team's reactions and also the, uh, the abandonment of his voice box to essentially punish himself, I feel like that is going to be a big mental block for him to get over in season two. Because, uh, newsflash, it's not healthy to punish yourself for past actions like that, even though the, it is warranted. I'm not I'm not saying that the, the choices were not warranted, yeah. but if they continue, it's going to be an issue. And I would really like to see a little powwow moment between him and Papa G where Papa G's like, Hey man, you were on a bad path, but now you're on a good path and we don't have to keep being mean to ourselves because of what we used to do. It's really, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing where exactly that train of thought for them goes as writers because, uh, they've really opened a potential door for him in character development. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, he's on, the, he's on the side of good now, quote-unquote, but he's obviously been in this essential cult for what seems like the majority of his life, which, side note, I have this theory. I'm almost done, I promise. I have this theory about um, the, his race and that they are all clones of one another. It's loosely based on the fact that he looks lobster-esque to me, and lobsters have one of the most stable strands of DNA on the planet. Uh, they are essentially... Uh, th their telomeres don't deteriorate the way that ours do, and the telomeres are what makes you age, because ours die off eventually, and they don't duplicate the DNA correctly, which means they're essentially immortal. And because their DNA is so solid, in my mind, that means that they might be easier to clone, or at least clone correctly. Also, the way that he can, maybe not regrow, regrow limbs, but the way that he can survive a substantial portion of his body being hacked off. Well, that and he regrows his teeth. I mean, we do that too. Maybe not the same not way. Not as an adult, though. He only has two. I mean, yeah, but I, you were talking about cloning, and I was like, that's fair. This yeah, feels like worth a mention. It feels like worth it. Yes, you're right. Anyway, I would really like to learn more about his species because uh, even if we don't, it's fine. But like, I have a theory, and I I just want to see how close I am to right or wrong. So it's sort of off topic, but not really. About the voice box, technically they have another voice box that they can use. That's true. And you're not wrong. I feel like that dude had gotten the short end of the stick enough, though. No, 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 no. I understand why they didn't take it at the moment. But did anybody ask what the fuck happened to him? What do you mean? So, government leaves. You have the big alien party. Mm -hmm. In all of the pictures of that they took together and that they're all leaving and going, bye, we're going home. He's nowhere to be seen. Which guy? The little truck driver dude. The delivery man. Watch him be the bad, bad guy. Because, I mean, he explicitly states how he wants revenge on Chuck. Uh-huh. And then Tuna <gasps> fucks his shit up. And Tuna is now it, implicitly tied with the team. 
So I don't know what Mr. Truck Driver Man was doing. Is doing. His his murder podcast got interrupted. Or history podcast. His history podcast got interrupted. You have this look on your face and it's kind of scaring me. Go ahead. I crack pot theory just hit me. Okay, okay, okay. Let's just say. Hypothetical. Hypothetical, because obviously they're, we don't see him in the six months later, so he gets off the planet. Uh-huh. All of the sudden, we have someone come back and go, the destroyer of planets has come back and destroyed more stuff. That's literally what happened, though. Yeah, no, 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 no. Listen. listen. I'm listening. Listen, Linda. <gasps> listen, Linda. So, what if... He is. I see. I knew you were gonna fucking say that. The destroyer of planets, because he had the stones to begin with. He's saying he was delivering them, but obviously there was a reason that the destroyer of planet is destroying these planets. I don't want to believe you, but I don't have a counter theory, so we're gonna have to let it stand. See, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I, the way he was written, the way he was, um. Well, well, actually, I might have talked myself out of it. I was gonna say the re- the way he was written, he was like he just wants to get home to to see his uh, little girl's birthday party and have her smile. And most of the t- most of the time, don't blink at me like that. I will kick you underneath this table. Uh-huh. Um, most of the time, we see villains written as this these cold, like uncaring, whatever. I all I care about is power. However, this show has been about subverting expectations and subverting tropes. So, it's it's possible, but I don't think he would have used the phrase delivering. Also, he said working class. I would also really like to see him turn into like a my cabbages kind of character where he keeps getting fucked over. That too. <laughs> I mean, he could definitely But the reason I say this, the reason I say this is because we've seen in other shows that you can expect the ex- unexpected. You, you can expect the unexpected anywhere. That's fair. And yeah, he could be delivering them to something more like a machine or something that he's using. It could have been a cover. I will give it, you that. It, it totally could have been a cover. Could be could a, a cover. cover. Just here's my one gripe about it. Are you telling me the destroyer of worlds is being stopped by a shitty garage? Because that's an issue. Well, he didn't have anything. No. No, we see the Death Star is... Hear me out! No, you called it a Death Star and I'm laughing. Go ahead. I mean, no, and the reason I'm bringing this up is like... You know something can destroy something. It doesn't necessarily mean to be... he's, He's not Thanos, is what I'm trying to say. No, I guess what I mean is, if he's the destroyer of worlds, it seems like he should have something on his person, and he wasn't—he wasn't in like a lab coat or something. He was still in his uniform. Okay, fair. But I'm—I'm I'm wondering if maybe with him, first of all, he crashes. Yes, yes. So he could have loaded stitches onto the road. Yep. Gets <laughs> ran ran over. He he stitches. And then gets put into a shitty garage. Shitty garage, but I don't think he was in the shitty garage to begin with. I think they moved him there after they moved all the equipment in. Mayhaps. Okay, here's a theory. Um, 
we know I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into the last thing we wanted to talk about. We know the feds have had a long time to study the various aliens and everything crashing on planet Earth. So what if they have a way to neutralize the natural abilities that each planet has? Because now here's oh I'm gonna keep going. Um, we the the stones of power are from planets that have been destroyed. And each of those aliens has some form of inherent ability. So, like, Queen, the, the Queen Jellyfish character can open up uh, portals, portals and can shoot lightning. And I can't wait for Joe to learn to shoot lightning. Um, and, you know, the grow and shrink and all of that other stuff. So, are you telling me that fucking Rosa's gonna be able to shoot her teeth out because I have issues with that? <laughs> That'll That's be gross. creepy as hell. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I <gasps> Baby teeth. Baby teeth. Uh, anyway. That, that um, just got scary. So, I have a theory that all of these aliens have some form of inherent ability. Maybe they're not all as cool as the 13 that have been destroyed. Well, we but... don't know what the other, um, eight? Are. No, 13. There are, there are 13 more. There are 13 no, more? No, 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 I think... Our... There's 13 total. I thought there were 13 total. I thought that she said that you needed the 13 other stones. No, 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 no. no. I think she said with the power of the 13. 13. Okay, fine, whatever. And so maybe he is from one of those 13. Who knows? Um... But I'm willing to bet that they each have their power. Uh, a power of some kind. I'm going to go back to your U.S. military thing real quick. Hmm. Because this takes place in the U.S. I think. No, we know it's in the U.S. because of the fucking belt buckle. Thank you. That's fine. We know it. Okay. So it's the U.S. government. We're just going to fucking admit what it is real quick. It's the hmm. U.S. government. I don't want to give them enough rights into saying that they have the technology to, to neutralize aliens. Because I don't like them. That's not a good reason. You know what's also not a good reason? What? Killing aliens because I said so. That's something the U.S. would 100% do. I'm aware. Area 51. Which is why I'm also saying I don't want to give them the brain cells for this. Also, kid weaponized those fucking rocks by super gluing a, a... a nut to a bolt? Nut or bolt? Which one was it? Nut. Bolts are elongated. My bad. I'm I'm sorry. My brain is not on today. By super gluing them to a, a thing and putting his finger through it. Okay, we're not going to talk about how many cuts he should have gotten by that just from like an existing. But <laughs> they didn't need all those big fancy suits. But they they're out cool. of a budget. They're out of a budget. They didn't need a fancy headquarters. They're out of. They have no more money to dump. And fucking what? Maybe we should study what the fucking aliens made of. It's too late. You lost your budget. I'm so, I'm so angry. <laughs> I don't think. I just don't think they have the brain cells for it. Also, the government guys' big show of big guns of like, look at me and my like technology prowess was three semi trucks super glued together. Oh my god. That he was going to run into someone with. That was his big plan. His big U.S. government fun 
intended plan was let me take three semis, super glue them together into one mega semi, and then hit a child. Yeah, that was, um... I don't want to say that he or any of his associates have the brain cells to rub together. Their brains are smooth. I don't, I just, I can't give them the rights to figure out, hey, maybe we should, like, neutralize the alien. I can't. Also, the little fluffy alien totally could have snuck through the bars of their cage. I think he was just sad and didn't. Yep. Oh, yeah. God, I would love... I. He's so cute. I just... I can't. I can't. They have negative rights. However, I would like to mention this about the military in the show. Like, let's... Taking out the fact that they let this weird... uh, This weird dude with a USA buckle who is... uh, literally anti-alien which is a whole thing we could get into um run the show i really do like that they put a lot of diversity in the actual uh soldiers themselves oh yeah and not just in the earth enforcement force force which side note the fact that they gave the girls skirts still pisses me off a little bit but we're gonna leave it where it is because they were at least decent skirts i guess uh basically yeah yeah. uh I, i don't like it but here we are um I do, however, like that in the army, they had a good mix of everyone. There were people with melanin. There were people without melanin. There were females. They female-presenting people. There were male-presenting people. They Granted, they all had the same kind of body structure, but after going through basic training and stuff, I would assume that's kind of what happens. Um, I just, I really appreciated that they actually put a lot of diversity behind that. And even in the in the truck when they're walking through like where the data and stuff is, we see a diversity of people. Yeah, we see we see a bunch of different kinds of people working these things, and it's not just uh, the same dude copy pasted over six times with different hair colors. Yeah, we see at least four distinctive silhouettes and yeah. and like individuals. Yeah, which is, it which is amazing. Um... Anything else to add about the cover book? No, I... The... the Fucking Trumper. Of a man. True. It's yeah. true. <laughs> really gets used to exemplify the whole... Anti-immigration? Be- what? Anti-immigration. Well, A, anti-immigration, but like, B, with uh, the whole... One of the major... One of the major like catchphrase themes or morals of the show is evil is just someone with a hurting heart that you don't understand yet uh-huh and and like you you just need to extend them a hand like a like a kind warm hand and he smacks it away and kid yeah kids like you know you you just need a, a hand here you, here you go here's my hand and he's like yeah you think i i would Shake hands with you, you dingus. And, um, the kid's like, alright, well, fine. Bye. <laughs> but it, it really shows how with the, the whole, too many thoughts all over the place. <laughs> One of kids' major, like, catchphrases I don't maybe not catchphrases, but like things he one of his moral cores is being a hero is about 
extending a hand and not forming a fist. And we see that from the get. And once they lose the stones, we see how very quickly people without a good moral core are more likely to form a fist rather than extend a hand. Uh-huh. And I think it's really neat how even though he goes through this whole ass crisis of like, I'm worthless and I don't know what I'm doing and like, I can't seem to do anything right. And, but then he's all like, it's okay. You're, we're, we're all still learning. We're, we're all learning together and that's okay. And I, it just, it was a nice way to round out the show, especially for the, one of the final episodes. Yep. All right. Anything else, Dad? Um, I just wanted to talk about two differences in Kid. Uh Uh-huh. Being that he's the only one in the show that's managed to control all the stones together at the same time. Oh, I forgot about this entirely. I'm so sorry. There's so much in the show. There's only ten episodes, but there's so much in the show. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because the first time you see him actually use the stones all together, at one point he starts yelling he's in pain. From, And we're all assuming it's from the power, but right after, before he says he's in pain, he's actually having a premonition? Uh-huh. I, would say, I would say it's more of a a flashback no because it's everything that's gonna happen so so what i i kind of no let let her get, grab your card let her finish grab okay. your card let me finish <laughs> it's a you. premonition of what's going to happen ending with a flashback of his parents death not but not the way the flashback happens mm-hmm it actually plays out exactly how he ends up figuring out how to control all his powers. It's the fear of losing his friends again as he lost his parents. That fear of losing the people he loves is what causes him to actually learn how to properly use the stone. Because even though it's a premonition, it does show the flashback and it's that flashback him having that instant of flashback and the reason he has the flashback is his parents died by a semi truck coming at them and he was in the back seat Mm -hmm. his his friends were about to die with the government with three fucking semi trucks coming all at them at the same time his he had that instant flashback and he was like i have to protect everybody so i think he was capable of using all the stones at once when he but the pain of realizing that he lost his parents, the pain of having that flashback, cost him to lose control and cost him pain. Yeah. And when he was able to learn how to properly use at least the Mind Stone, he was able to gain that control to use all the other stones. Yeah, and that's that's what I just wanted to like clarify, that like it was a premonition of him having a flashback. It wasn't a... It was a little bit of everything. Yeah, it, it it was it was one of those like weird, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey things, but yeah, I a hundred percent agree. It's not him being overwhelmed with the power of the stones. It's him being emotionally overwhelmed, which is very much keeping in with the whole kid being some form of neurodivergent, and I think. 
you you said something about how kid was in the back seat and i think that very much sums up who kid is for most of the series he's always been this guy in the back seat he doesn't really have a whole lot of control over how his life is going and where his life is going until he gets the car uh, not the card uh the stones and these stones are very much the first thing he has exclusive control over that he decides who gets introduced to the stones and who doesn't get introduced to the stones and there's this whole there's this one comment of like oh you have to be super powerful to control these stones and he does he excels at them and there's this moment where like they all like magically click that they, they there's like synchronization and and stuff like that and maybe may oh maybe this is this is another crackpot theory kid isn't entirely human either because if Papa G isn't human, then his son or daughter, I, we don't know which child or which parent parent is Papa G's, but his child wouldn't be entirely human. And so kid wouldn't be entirely human. So we have a little bit of a Star-Lord situation where kid thinks he's human, but isn't. Okay. Going back to what you were talking about uh, real quick. Um... I think the reason that we kind of got that weird mishmash of premonition flashback is a PTSD response. Because uh, it's it's something that we don't normally see when people use powers. Unless you can't see the universe future, which I'm not going to go into, but it does count. Um, when you have PTSD surrounding an event, it really does fuck with a lot of stuff that you have going forward. And there is no doubt in my mind that that poor kid had PTSD based on that accident. Okay, oh, there's yeah. no way he didn't. There's there's no realm oh, in this sure. world where he did not have some kind of uh, fucked up brain response to semis. That's just not how things work. Um, in saying that, um, I think it's a, it was a really cool uh, way of interpreting that through power use. Because the, I think had he foreseen anything else, it would have been different. I, I also think because he was using all of the stones at once, it boosted that power, so he saw that far in advance. Mm -hmm. But I think the fact that the actual premonition itself had a trigger in it forced the vision to go screwy. Because the, the vision itself was, it, we had an unreliable narrator for the vision. Yeah, I think the vision was just flat out was it was what it was supposed to be, but the way that uh, Kid interpreted it, therefore the way we saw it through his eyes, was very, uh, very panic based, very, uh, very triggering. It was yeah, a fear it, response. It was a it was a mesh of what he knew as reality, and what he was feeling, because of that. And I, I think that's so interesting how how your mental state can screw with the stones it, it makes them feel a lot more uh organic uh, fragile and organic yeah they're they're not these infallible objects that can only do amazing cool things they they respond to you as an individual yeah. which That's is really all. neat and i wonder if they're gonna do a whole like infinity stone thing of like they're stronger together and the more you have the more powerful you get and like 
Because, like, we we know that with more training, the the better you can be at the stones. But the uh, kid is able to hold multiple clones of himself and teleport those multiple clones. And then um, he does some other neat stuff. But it'll be really interesting to see how they handle that going forward. Yeah. All right. Uh, are the course of the session? Yes. All right. Excellent. All right. So fandom. Fandom. Uh, this show is still pretty small as far as, far mm-hmm. as fandom goes. There's only one cosplayer. And uh, shout out to you. I'm going to actually find her TikTok real quick because um, I forgot to actually do this. But she's literally, I'm sorry, they, I don't know their gender. I'm not going to fucking assume. They are the only cosplayer uh, for the entire series, at least on TikTok. I'm not going to speak for the rest no. of the internet. I didn't look there. Um, at Dumb Teddy Fairy. Is it the cat? Yes, the cat. Oh you didn't even God. let me say it. You fucking <laughs> took it from me. So the eye. Yeah, it's the cat. And she does a great job. I, fucking, do you so have I... your gender in your bio? Okay. It, they go by they go by all genders, so it works. Um, she, he, they. It's all. So there is no misgendering here. Uh, they cosplay the cat. They do a really good job. I've looked at most of their videos just because there are no other cosplays and I like to tunnel into shit when I get into it. Mm. Uh, that's it. There's only one cosplayer so far, but there's a lot of art out there. Uh, I saw a lot of activity on like Twitter, especially a lot of people drawing stuff, a lot of people posting stuff. Um, there is already a uh, community on AO3 as well. There's only like 15 fix so far, but this literally got posted this time last month as as of recording. So the fact that they already have the basis of a fandom is pretty substantial. And then you, you realize who the creator is. And this is going to blow up eventually. Like, whether it be on season two, season three, it's going to garner big respect as the show goes on. So long as they don't do anything stupid, which so far they've not really done. Um, some warnings for the fandom. There is some unsavory art out there already. Uh, some people saw Joe and went, wow, I can't wait to draw that. Mm. <laughs> and I'm not going to detail what. Also, there is exactly one fic that is a problem. I'm not going to go into why, but it is a problem. And if there's one, there's going to be more. So just be careful of that. Uh, there's not really a lot of shipping going on necessarily because most of the main cast is uh, children. Children. But some people are shipping uh, Papa G and Stuck Chuck, which... Mm. Oh, oh, there's, that's, there's this thing that I wanted to read off. Uh, it's, it, seems, it seems like it's a lot more wholesome. Uh, the drawings that I've seen are saying that, uh, like, the art that I've seen in support of it is mostly saying that Papa G has ace trans vibes and that Stuck Chuck is just this little funky alien that doesn't know what affection is. It's, it's, it's much more wholesome than it originally sounds like. Okay. I was um, like, I don't please I God. Okay. This one this one fic I'm not gonna call out the art the, the author, uh, but <laughs> it is a stuck chuck Papa G fic. Uh these these are two actual tags on the fic. Oh no. Uh it is not safe for work. Just clinical and awkward, but also sexy <laughs> with like six question marks. <laughs> It made me laugh so hard when I read it. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) 
the premise was basically uh, Papa G comes home with new legs for Chuck, and Chuck is like, I don't fucking want those. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what other discourse is in this thing, <gasps> but the tags had me dying. Uh, aside from that, uh, overall, I'm going to give this fandom so far. Uh, this is a midterm grade for me. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they don't have enough right now to do like a full on. Yeah, they're they're very grade. much baby. Yeah, but yeah. because of the already vaguely problematic things that we have, I'm going to have to give them like a B minus. Yeah, at maximum. Uh, there's definitely room for growth. There's definitely room for development. I don't see these subsects taking over, but the fact that they already exist is a little concerning. Um, I would like to see Joe with an alien girlfriend. That would be pretty cool. I think that would be funky. That would be really funky. Uh, but that's that's what I have for fandom. Uh, there's nothing super like uh, out out there yet. There's some really bomb ass art, but uh, nothing that's like nothing like Static Shock where they had already made like a whole fan film about it or mm-hmm. anything. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got. B minus. Watch yourself. I'm surprised they're not shipping, like, some of the background characters, like the regulars and the diners. Some diner. of them are actually married. Yeah. They don't, you can't really ship them. Are they? Yeah. Yep. Did I miss that? Yeah. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I binged this one. I genuinely forgot what we were doing this week. And then I was like, oh, shit, it's I Friday. I so many times about it. I know. And my brain went, that's later. <laughs> Don't listen. Don't I, listen. I will not. <laughs> I, I have zero rights this week, so I'm sorry. You're good. All right. Uh, the vote. Yeah, that's all for fandom, so yeah, vote. Go watch it. That's all I got to say. I mean, it's great. It, you have you got that nostalgia. You have that art that's like fosters home for imaginary friends, which is great. Mm-hmm. Sends you back home. And... and you have this this story that you just get hooked on because you want to know what really happens. You get invested with these characters and you want to know what happens. I give it a 100% yes. Go see it. It's great. Benge it. It's fun. Yeah, I I would definitely give this a yes. It's it's light. It's it's fun. It, the art style is homey in like the the good sense of the word you you it it's nostalgic while somehow still being new which is weird but good at the same time um good characters good premise i'm excited because they've explicitly stated that it's a uh, like essentially a prequel season um so I would say, yeah, looking forward to season two. Uh, same here. Look, here's here's the way that here's the way that I see it. If you're not gonna watch for the main characters because you think for the main character you think is annoying, that's fine. Whatever. If you're not gonna watch because you think uh, the overall premise is dumb, that's fine. Whatever. If you're not gonna watch because you don't like the fact that it's not it's not gonna be just one season and it's over, that's fine. Whatever. There's a cat with premonition, precognition. Who- who loves his owner to the point he's willing to sacrifice his own life for him, who can then talk. If I cannot persuade you with a loving, talking cat, this show cannot be for you. There's there's, there's just no saving it. The way that I see it, this show had so many plus points 
that any minuses you could chalk up to it are just, like, nitpicking. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like that they decided halfway through uh, putting out the promotional stuff that they suddenly decided that uh, Kid Cosmic's fucking sleeves were going to be greenish. Some of the pictures for promotion had them just yellow, but when you watch the show, most of the time they're greenish. It's very confusing. I wish they would have kind of hammered that down. And there's there's a lot there's a couple of things that I could do- totally nitpick at, and um, I will next season if there's less to build off of. But the way to trick me into not talking about them is to put so much lore in front of my face I don't have time to digest it. And this show plopped so much lore into my little plate that I literally could not eat all of it. There's there's just no there's no there's no possible way. This this there's so much for this show to grow on from season two. I would say watch season one for now just to like get the flavor. Just to get the flavor and see if you even give a shit. But like also this show is so worth it. It's it's just it's a cute, fun watch that's going to remind you of your childhood if you grew up watching cartoons. There's there's no downside to watching it, and it's pretty short. So if you don't like it, you're not losing out on that much time. It's a complete yes from me, a hundred percent. That's three yeses. Yay! Go see it. Go see it. Go see it. We each make distinctive fists to knock. What? Yes. Myra um, makes like. A solid wall. You just make fist wrong. No, that's how I knock. Like that, if you punch someone like that, that's how you break no, your thumb. No, that's... You're supposed to tuck it in. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, no you're not. You're a cop's daughter. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. Myra. No, I know how to punch. Okay. I just... I do. Anyway. Uh, not talking about punching anymore. Uh, please make sure to like, follow, share, and subscribe, and all that other shit that YouTubers say all the time. Punch that like button. I don't even know if we have a like button. We do. W S I W. We have a follow. Follow us button. Follow. Punch that follow button into the stars. Follow us at W S I W T podcast and a lot of other shit. It might always not always say podcast. It might not always say W S I W T. But it's going to be some combination of both. The correct ones are in the show notes. Please look down. Uh, we post stuff sometimes. We we post stuff sometimes when mental health doesn't sneak up on yeah, us. Yeah, when mental yeah. health is on, on peak, we post a lot. When it's not, uh, we do exist still on the podcast, so if you miss us, you can come listen to us here. Yay! Woo! Alright. That's all we got. Thanks for joining us. We've had our snacks. We've said our facts. We've told you if you should watch that. <laughs> Bye. Read the book in her general direction again, and you will learn in the worst of ways that I have some hard spots too. That came out wrong.